Just Thinking with hosts Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker, bringing you week-to-week cultural apologetics as well as social issues from a biblical worldview. This is Just Thinking. Let's think. We're back. Another edition of the Just Thinking podcast. I am Virgil Walker. And I'm Daryl Harrison. What's going on, wingman? It's all you, my man. I'm glad to be back in the mix, in the cut. You know, we still we still got a lot brewing from a standpoint of uh, a feedback and folks chiming in and 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 uh, and I know I know our main man Dwayne just came back from a, a conference and so it was an opportunity for him to connect with a lot of the listeners. I'm hearing a lot like man Daryl, where's Daryl? And I was I was at G3 when this was happening, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at yeah. G3, man, and and I'm I'm where's Daryl? Was just thinking where's Daryl? Now I'm standing right there. I'm like, now who am I? Chop liver. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, it's all good, man. I I love it. I love that that uh, that folks are listening, are checking in, loving what they're hearing, man. I'm loving being the wingman, enjoying what we do week after week, and uh, we're gonna tee up another good one for tonight, man. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. My first thought is I need a job like Dwayne, right? Because I don't know what kind of job Dwayne has where he can just take this time off and go to every conference, right? That's right. ever held. Right. Every conference there is, there he is. So I need a job like Dwayne, number yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, and then secondarily, I just want to give a, a, another heartfelt, sincere, genuine thank you to all our listeners who, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say, uh, just the support and the prayers that we continue to get. Two weeks, what, almost three weeks now after the conclusion of the MLK 50 conference yeah uh we just continue to get uh i don't know just so so much great feedback and we didn't do it for that reason so those of you who listen to that episode know that right but the prayers and the the encouragement the uh just the support uh for 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 our stance uh on some of the messages that were coming out of that conference we just really appreciate it i think uh that one episode has surpassed uh, 13,000 hits on the website right now. So, um, you know, we really appreciate you all. That's all we can say. We're just very humbled by the support and the encouragement and prayers and just continue to pray for us because again, uh, we don't uh, look to make any of the discussions that we have on the just thinking podcast personal. We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't, we don't want any of this to be personal at all, which is why we went out of our way Uh on that, MLK 50 episode, which was almost an hour and 20 minutes. And, and mm-hmm. during that time, we didn't name a single person by name. Right. Because we don't we don't want to portray. We don't want to give the impression. Or the inference that we have a an agenda against any one person, uh, a vendetta against any one person or anything like that. Uh, what, what we strive to do. And even in the, in that case, in the case of MLK 50, those are still our brothers and sisters. Absolutely. That's good. So, uh, you know, we want to make that point clear. Uh, we just happen to disagree with them on the approach uh, to some of the issues that that we we all care about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that said, thank you to all the listeners. Uh, we really appreciate you all uh, very much for support. And uh, we've got another interesting uh, topic to uh, to tee up tonight here, Verge. Absolutely, man. Excited to tee this one up with you. And uh, I, I, if you, man, when you get a chance, I would encourage you, bro. To go to at least one conference with Dwayne, that brother knows everybody, man. Yeah, 
Yeah, which is which is why which is why I'm curious. Why are they asking to see me? Because <laughs> listen, Dwayne's the one wearing all these hats. He's got this whole network of podcasts. Man, he's is under the bar network, under the bar brand, man. Yeah, and it's man, growing. Yeah, it's growing. He's teeing up some new stuff, man. Our sisters are coming alongside. They've got their stuff teeing up. And uh man, he's just he's putting in work, man, and, and he's doing it big. And he know, like I said, he knows everybody. So I, I I guess I guess that's enough souping up his head real good, man. So we Yeah, get, you we know, because I I don't think those bar hats <laughs> that he wears, I don't think those are adjustable, man. So he right. may need to <laughs> <laughs> he, may need to, he may need to just throw that hat size away and grab just a large one. Away. Yeah, just throw it away and get another one. But no, man, we've got a we've got a big one to tee up to tonight, man. And you, you know, I, I'm I'll, I'll start off, man, and you could kind of give me an idea of what caught your eye about this particular article and kind of where you where you went. It says there's a church in California that is going to have it's hosting a Beyonce mass it's a beyonce mm-hmm. mass and so mm-hmm. i've I've been kind of looking at you know some of the stuff that came out of the coachella you know uh, uh mm-hmm. concert and all of that and and i'm not I, I, I may be a rare breed bro i'm not a big i i'm i wasn't a bit big beyonce fan probably after probably after her and jay-z got together maybe a mm-hmm. song or two after that or maybe an album after that i, I pretty much I was done with that. So I've been mm-hmm. off the radar of, of Beyonce for, mm-hmm. for quite some time, you know, but, uh, but I do recognize that she's, uh, she's, she's a catalyst for a lot of interest for a lot of people. And, and her appeal is, is, is crossing into this whole new dimension of, 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 of worship, if you will. And so yeah. I, I, I saw this article, man, I was curious, what, what got your attention? What drew you to it? What are your thoughts? Well, probably just like you, Verge, first of all, what caught my attention was the title. Right. Uh, so what we're going to be seeing, and this 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 Beyonce mass was picked up by various media outlets. Uh, but the one we're going to focus on tonight is an article that was published under the Black Voices section of the Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Huffington Post has a Black Voices uh, sections that deal with, as you can imagine, uh, issues and topics that may be more germane to the so-called black community. Uh, so that's the article, the way that article was written with, with the Huffington Post was the one that sort of captured my interest the most. But the headline of the piece is, this California church is hosting a Beyonce mass. Mm. The subheading is San Francisco's Grace Cathedral is using Beyonce's music to highlight black female spirituality. Mm-hmm. So the article, the byline is Carol Kurovilla. Uh, my apologies if I'm mispronouncing that last name, but mm-hmm. it's Carol Kurovilla. And again, it's dated April 19th, 2018. So only a few days ago, mm-hmm. uh, this article came out. Uh, so, yeah. So the title uh, caught my attention. Yeah. Uh, number one. Now, I'm, I, my ecclesiastical background is not within a denomination that is. Uh, known for hosting masses. Okay. So right, right. Uh, from the research that I've conducted, uh, Grace Cathedral in San Francisco is an Episcopal church. So I am not an Episcopalian. I have no affinity uh, for the Episcopal church, mm-hmm. any of their liturgies or, uh, or, or rituals, anything of that nature. Uh, so, you know, we're approaching this topic. Uh, you and I both verge. Right. Uh, admittedly sort of foreign to uh, 
um, Episcopalian history and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, from, from, from that standpoint. But when you talk about uh, hosting a mass uh, that is geared towards the um, focus, focusing on a number one, just a, an average human being, right. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I know enough about masses to know right. that for the most part, masses are held to uh uh shall we say uh ex- exalt and worship god mm-hmm. through that particular liturgy whatever that may be right uh but in this case this is a mass that's being held i won't necessarily say in honor of but for lack of a better word uh, or a better phrase i will say that here here's a here's a a church that is holding a mass for uh or, or to to uh to honor beyonce mm-hmm. a human being flesh and blood human being like you and me uh so yeah i was i was curious to know what was behind this mm-hmm. so and you know we'll we'll both be making our way through the article during this episode for folks who have not read the piece or who aren't aware that this event is coming up. We're recording this episode on Monday, April 23rd. The Beyonce mass is scheduled for Wednesday, April 25th. So <laughs> we're recording this episode a couple of days before that mass takes place. Mm-hmm. But as I was reading through the article verge and in, in preparation for our recording this episode tonight, I was reminded of a uh, quote, there's an author by the name of David F. Wells, mm-hmm. who in 1994 uh, published a book entitled God in the Wasteland. The subtitle was The Reality of Truth in a World of Fading Dreams. Mm-hmm. God in the Wasteland, The Reality of Truth in a World of Fading Dreams. Mm-hmm. And in that book, Wells wrote this. He said, a God with whom we are on easy terms and whose reality is little different from our own, who is merely there to satisfy our needs, has no real authority to compel and will soon begin to bore us. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat that. (laughs) Well, says a God with whom we are on easy terms and whose reality is little different from our own. So what he's saying is who, who a, a God who is no different from us. Right. Who's on the same level of us as we are, who is merely there to satisfy our needs, has no real authority to compel and will soon begin to bore us. Mm. And I was thinking about that. And in my opinion, Wells's words kind of describe what is fundamentally at the heart of all idolatry, mm-hmm. including the idolatry that is what I call this Bayology. So mm-hmm. I come up with this term to uh, uh, describe this worship that many people have of Beyonce. They have a theology of Beyonce. Right. They have a theology of her lyrics, her performances, her persona, her person, her life, her lifestyle. So all of that sort of rolls up into this one word that I sort of coined. So when you hear me uh, uh, mention the, the, the word baitology, that's kind of what I'm referring to, the theology of Beyonce, not, not Beyonce's beliefs. Right. Personally, not her, not her personal theology, because I don't know what that is. Who knows? Right. But when I use the term biology, I'm speaking of the almost 
deist, deistic view, the the uh, the the demigod sort of imagery that many of her fans and her loyal, really, I don't say this disrespectfully, but minions mm-hmm. um, impart to her. Right. Uh, so that's why that, that's why I'm coming from when I use the term biology. So I think Wells is on to something. Uh, you know, it, it, it's our nature to become bored with the things and the people that we no longer need. Mm. You see, and this is also also true with respect to God. Right. We, we can become bored with God when we when we think we don't we no longer need him for anything. And I think Beyonce has come to replace in the minds and hearts of a lot of people. She's come to take the place of God mm-hmm. in the hearts of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- th- there's no shortage today. Again, going back to what Wells was saying, that if there's no you know, God who is basically just on our level, he has no authority, authority to compel us to do anything. And, and so we soon begin to, to become bored with a God like that. So there's no shortage today of Christians who have become bored with God. Right. And I think that's due in large part, I believe, to our ignorance of who he is. I I, 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 I totally agree with that. I, I would add something to that. I think a bored with God um, and, and I think be disen, disenfranchised or, fi, or the feeling of disenfranchisement by by the church. And, and and I say that tongue in cheek, and here's why. I think there was a there was an episode a while back, uh, Daryl, that you pointed to where you asked the question. When we we there was an article that you read that we walked through that talked about the mass exodus of people mm-hmm. who were who were leaving the church, and and the question I thought you asked brilliantly was, what are we what are we looking for? Mm-hmm. to get from the church what is mm-hmm. what is our ecclesiology what are we mm-hmm. what are we seeking from church and i think people are seeking validation of race they're seeking validation of all kinds of things unrelated to what church is ever designed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to provide mm-hmm. and so when that happens in its absence people lend themselves to this craziness uh, that 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 you're coining biology mm-hmm. You're exactly right there, Verge. And I would encourage folks who haven't heard that episode with, with respect to A Quiet Exodus is the title of the episode. It's A Quiet Exodus. So if you haven't heard that episode, that's the episode that Verge is alluding to there where we sort of take a deep dive into the reality that a lot of folks who are searching for a church home or more broadly searching for something within Christianity has more to do with the church and Christianity meeting their felt needs rather than what is it, I guess, organically and fundamentally called to is respect is with respect to meeting their spiritual needs. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you look at the fact that the church is comprised of a, a bunch of redeemed sinners, they're still sinners nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And we as, as sinners, even in our redeemed yet unglorified state, we don't do anything perfectly. We don't love perfectly. We don't respect perfectly. We don't judge perfectly. We don't discern perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so again, I think we're right back. I think you're absolutely right. Verge. We're right back here to square one with respect to this, this Beyonce mass. <clears throat> and, in this case, 
an Episcopal church levering Beyonce's music and lyrics to specifically, according to the article anyway, to promote black female spirituality. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, again, in preparation for this recording, I, I couldn't help but reflect back on the Westminster Shorter Catechism. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number four, asks this, what is God? That's question four of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is God? Well, the answer, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. That's how the Westminster Shorter Catechism asks the question, what is God, and answers that question. Now, as unfathomable as it may seem, it is the God who innately possesses each of those attributes with which the church today has become disinterested. Mm. A God who is infinite, eternal, unchangeable, who has all wisdom, all power, who is holy, who is just, who is good, and who is truth. It is that God who the church today has become disinterested in to a large degree. Hence the development and adoption of worldviews, like what I call Bayology and ecclesiastical masses, such as the one being held at Grace Cathedral in San Francisco on April 25th. The goal of which, according to the Huffington Post article is to, and I quote here, to open a window into the lives of the marginalized and forgotten, particularly black females. So you have, with those adjectives marginalized and forgotten, mm-hmm. those two adjectives fit on the larger umbrella of felt needs. Yes. Because there's a there's a there's an assumption out there that the church should be kind of like an ecclesiastical Whole Foods. Well you just go and whatever you want, whatever you desire should be within the four walls of that building. Mm-hmm. So if I want to feel to your point if i don't want to feel disenfranchised i should be able to go to a church and not feel disenfranchised right right but see here's the question disenfranchisement is rooted in a word the root word franchisement now let's use that word franchise for a second whose franchise are we talking about (laughs) well the church is god's franchise i have no right to personalize god's franchise to what my felt needs are Mm-hmm. Okay, we have the, the church has its marching orders in Matthew 28. You go and make disciples of all the nations, right. teaching them. Okay, now there's other scriptures we could go to with respect to, and we say this in the episode that we already dealt with that I was alluding to earlier. The church definitely has a mandate to do other things you feed the poor. You clothe the naked. You help those in need, even those who are your enemies. You bless them. You don't curse them. We understand that. But again, there's a hamartiology here that we cannot forget. We cannot lose sight of. Hamartiology being the word for the doctrine of sin. In essence, that we who comprise the church by God's grace and mercy are still sinners. We are still imperfect. Imperfect. So, so with respect, with respect to, to anyone, anyone trying, to, trying feel to feel that they're, they're not marginalized or they're not forgotten, you're not going to find that perfectly within the body of Christ. You're not going to find it. Um, so 
again, according to the article, that is the goal of the Beyonce mass to open a window into the lives of the marginalized and forgotten, particularly black female. So a little bit of background uh, on this, a little further background on this. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said before, I was not brought up in a denomination that performed masses. Right. Okay. And I don't want to assume that everyone listening to us understands what a mass is. So let me just give a little bit of background on that. So a mass by definition is a, is a liturgy is or religious service that is performed within certain Christian denominations in which congregants at those local, local level, at those local level churches participate in those liturgies as, as a form of communion that may involve Thanksgiving and supplication to God, some sort of adoration and worship to God. So in other words, God is the focus of the mass <laughs> tradition. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so again, God is the focus of that worship and adoration. So that's generally the objective of a mass is to worship and adore uh, the Lord God. Now, according to the Huffington Post article, though, this Beyonce mass is going to be officiated by a woman who, uh, by the name of Reverend Jude Harmon. Mm-hmm. That's J-U-D-E Harmon. Now, Reverend Harmon, according to the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Grace Cathedral website, is the founding pastor of what's called The Vine. Now, The Vine is sort of a sub-ministry of Grace Cathedral. So according to Grace Cathedral's own website, they define the vine or the mission of the vine as this quote, the vine is a new service and community for urbanites and spiritual seekers. It was launched in March of 2017. The vine is all about creating new connections as we explore experience and share the transformative love of Jesus unquote. So Reverend Jude Harmon is going to facilitate or officiate this Beyonce mass here in a couple of days. Now, I also need to note that Grace Cathedral has a page on its website that's dedicated to providing more information specifically about this Beyonce mass. And on that page of their website, a gentleman who his, his ecclesiastical title is this, the very reverend Dr. Malcolm Clemens Young. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so he wasn't he wasn't the kind of reverend. He was the nah, very reverend. He's not reverend. He's not kind of reverend. He's right. not sort of reverend. Yeah. He's the very reverend, the very reverend. Dr. Malcolm Clemens Young. Now he wrote this on that dedicated page that they have for the Beyonce Mass. He wrote he writes this quote. We have been surprised by how much attention we have been receiving about this and do expect a large attendance at this worship service. Now, notice he's calling this Beyonce mass a worship service. I continue, quote, your friends may ask you about this. You might want to remind them that God is in all the world and that Beyonce is made in God's image. The church has not treated women of color fairly, and it is time to face this truth. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He says, you might want to remind them that God is in all the world and that Beyonce is made in the image of God. The church has not treated women of color fairly and it is time to face this truth. So that Beyonce is made in the image of God is reason enough to have a mass dedicated to her. Mm. 
you know, you know who else has made an image of God? B.B. King. Right. Chaka Khan. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Hey, how about how about the, how about the white Pope Justin Timberlake? How about Justin Timberlake? <laughs> <laughs> so why not hold a mask dedicated it, to those? We made look. God. We made him. We made him the white prophet last week, man. Yeah, he man. should be in there. Yeah, we we dubbed him. You know, we anointed him last week. Right. So, so, but their case is well. Beyonce's made the image of God, so I guess that warrants a mask. Wow. Wow. You know. So, okay, so that she's made an image of God, apparently that suffices for Grace Cathedral to have a mass dedicated her, to her. Now, to go back to the Huffington Post article for one second, I want to quote something from that, that uh, statement, uh, statement made by the Reverend Jude Harmon. Again, she is going to facilitate, officiate this Beyonce mass here in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Reverend Harmon says this, She says the sad truth is that dominantly white churches and even many traditional black churches have historically not done a good job of elevating and celebrating black female voices. This isn't just an oversight in the language of our Christian faith. It's a sin. Wow. And we're called to repent, unquote. Mm. I'm going to hit that one again. Yeah, you need to. Reverend Harmon says this, quote, The sad truth is that dominantly white churches and even many traditional black churches have historically not done a good job of elevating and celebrating black female voices. This isn't just an oversight in the language of our Christian faith. It's a sin. And we're called to repent. Mm. Unquote. So we know now that to quote Reverend Harmon, not elevating and celebrating black female voices is a sin from which we must repent. Bro, you know you know what this sounds like, man? This this actually sounds like now in this context based upon the fact that it that it's Beyoncé, you know, I think the, I think the vast majority of of those of who listen to to our our podcast would say that's that's a crock. That's that's ridiculous. Who who thinks like that? But the reality is that those same the same kinds of comments were not aimed at 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 Beyonce, but aimed in a in a general context about the issue of race were said at the MLK 50. Exactly. And there were people and there were people who were kind of like, maybe that maybe they got something. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. maybe that's right. But but Mm -hmm. you see that same language being parroted in both places. And it is equally off putting and offensive. Right. Very well said, Verge. I mean, for, for for folks who don't think that this whole um, so critical race theory and cultural mm-hmm. Marxism and mm-hmm. racial theology and all of those elements of and ideologies not are not creeping into the church, they have. Mm. They have made inroads into the church, and not just in, in this sort of um, extreme peripheral sense. Uh, in the case of Grace Cathedral, no. They are in the uh, uh, traditional mm-hmm. Protestant evangelical church. They're there now. Mm-hmm. These ideologies are there right now. Right. In so reform circles. Right. In reform circles, especially. Mm-hmm. Now, don't think this is unusual what Grace Community Church is doing. Because as you just said, Virgil, these voices that I'm quoting, people like Reverend Harmon here, Reverend Jude Harmon, 
are simply echoes of what we just heard a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. at MLK 50 that was put on by a Southern Baptist organization, the, ER- the ERLC. Mm-hmm. These voices that I'm quoting in this episode are echoes of some of those same voices we heard a couple weeks ago. Okay. So, but now you have under the social justice banner under the guise of social justice mm-hmm. and racial equality and now gender equality, you have new sins now, <laughs> new sins. Now, it, you know, when I read that quote from uh, Reverend Harmon, I mean, I did my best. I went back, back to Exodus. I went back to Leviticus. I went back to Deuteronomy <laughs> and bruh, for the life of me, I could you not find You a, couldn't find it, man. I couldn't find it. I could not find. I went through the Beatitudes, man, yeah, and I went yeah. everywhere. I could not you find. You couldn't the find text. the elevating, elevating black and female find, voices. I couldn't find what God said: "Thou shalt elevate the black voices." I couldn't find that. Couldn't find. I it. could not find. But it's a sin, according to Reverend Harmon. Mm. It's, a, it's a new sin now, you know. So I, I couldn't find that anywhere. Uh, so, but I think for us to understand this this topic in a broader sense, because. Although the headline may focus on the fact that this is a Beyonce mask, this isn't just about her. Right. Matter of fact, there's less about her than, than, and more about us Absolutely. as Christians. So, but a little bit, you need to know a little bit about Grace Cathedral that's, that's hosting this, uh, this Beyonce mask. Now, as we said before, Grace Cathedral is an Episcopal church. Okay. Now there's something else that our listeners need to know about Grace Cathedral and the Reverend Jude Harmon, who's going to be officiating this Beyonce mask. Now, Reverend Harmon recently, uh, I researched her, and she recently facilitated a series at Grace Cathedral called Walking with the Mystics. Here Walking with the Mystics. Yep, here we go. <laughs> now, according to the Grace Cathedral website, the purpose of that series, Walking with the Mystics, was, quote, to explore mystical spirituality across Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Uncle. Oh my word! So now here you have. See, this is why you can't trust denominationalism. You cannot say, "Well, this is an Episcopal church," right, right, and then assume that it is a Christian church. Mm-hmm. So here we have elements of syncretism mm-hmm. being proffered by an Episcopal, supposedly Christian church, right, under the umbrella of Christianity, under the umbrella of Christianity, but it's it's straight syncretism, right? Okay. So Reverend Harmon facilitated that series. I think this was just last year in 2017, walking with the mystics, the goal of which is to explore mystical spirituality across Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Now, why is this important to know? It's important to know because among the leadership at Grace Cathedral is the Reverend Dr. Ellen Clark King who, according to the Grace Cathedral website, serves in the capacity. Now, if you thought the very Reverend Doctor was a Here title. You go. Here you go. Doctor, The Reverend Dr. Ellen Clark King mm-hmm. serves at Grace Cathedral in the capacity of executive pastor and canon for social justice. I'm sorry to laugh, man. I'm so why well, and canon for social justice. So she right. she's the whole canon for social justice. Right. She she is the one who sets she brings the all the doctrine together. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah. She sets the doctrine for that church as it relates to social justice. She wow. writes, she she develops the canon, just like we our canon is the 66 books right. of the Bible. Right. She is in charge of developing and structuring the canon for social justice Holy for God. Grace Cathedral. Wow. So now something more about Dr. Clark King, <clears throat> the Reverend Dr. Clark King. On June 10th in 2011, see, we, we don't just get on this microphone and just blabber. <laughs> you got to do, you got to do homework do, to come here. and I do our homework. You got to do, do our homework. homework. So on June 10th of 2011, Dr. Clark King gave a sermon at the church she served at prior to coming to Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. So prior to coming to Grace Cathedral in the role of executive pastor and canon for social justice, Dr. Clark King served at Christ Church Cathedral in Vancouver, British Columbia, in where she was in 2011. So mm-hmm. on June 10th of 2011, she gave a sermon at Christ Cathedral in Vancouver in which she, she cites what she describes in her own words as her, quote, favorite definition of the Trinity, unquote. Now, no. this definition she cites was given by a 14th century German mystic by the name of Meister Eckhart. Mm. Meister Eckhart is a 14th century German mystic who Dr. Clark King looks up to. So she's a, Mm -hmm. she's a student of him now again. So you add Clark King's uh, citing of Meister Eckhart, who was a Mm -hmm. mystic. You add that to the series that Reverend Jude Hammond Harmon taught walking with the mystics. You kind of get a picture of the influences that are behind this Beyonce mass mm-hmm. under the guise of a Christian church. Mm-mm. So, but, but where I'm going with this is this. So Dr. The Reverend Dr. Ellen Clark King was a student of Meister Eckhart, a 14th century German mis- mystic. Mm-hmm. Now that name Eckhart may ring a bell with some mm-hmm. of our listeners. Mm-hmm. That surname Eckhart might be familiar to many of our listeners who may have heard the name Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle is himself a mystic, but he's a contemporary mm-hmm. mystic. He's he's still alive. He's born in right. 1948, 70 years old. But Eckhart Tolle, who's offered se- several books, the one that I'm most familiar with is a book entitled a new earth. Right. It was when that book came out that Oprah Winfrey. Right. Put him on, put him on Mm -hmm. the world scene, Mm -hmm. not only on her show, but as a result of that book, a new earth, Oprah and Eckhart Tolle partnered together to have a entire internet education series right based on the philosophies of his book a new earth so Tolly is a new age mystic right who oprah winfrey is is you know joined at the hip with Mm -hmm. um but in 2017 the same reverend dr ellen clark king hosted what was called the gender justice series at grace community church oh my gosh one of the events in that series was titled reproductive justice on the front lines 
This is this is in 2017. This is just last year. Reproductive justice on the front lines. And do you know who was the keynote speaker at that event? Who was that? The keynote speaker was abortionist Dr. Willie Parker. I was I, I, when you said when you said reproductive justice, I knew exactly where they were going. Now, Verge, given your work, given mm-hmm. your tireless work, which I respect so much, mm-hmm. in front of the abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. On the street, witnessing to women mm-hmm. who are contemplating abortion. Right. See, we have to go through this, folks. See, this isn't you just do a Beyonce it. mass. Mm. This is a church. So in 2017, Dr. Ellen Clark King had as one of the keynote speakers for reproductive justice on the front lines, Dr. Willie Parker. Mm. Willie Parker authored a book called Life's Work colon a moral argument for choice so if you're not familiar with dr willie parker mm-hmm. dr willie parker is a black physician who professes to be a christian yeah i've seen him and who beyond that professes to or put or proffers rather that his work is in performing abortion abortions mm-hmm. is ministry yeah is a calling of god right now verge are you sitting down yeah, I'm sitting down. If you're listening to this while you're driving, you may want to pull over at this point. <laughs> I'm, fami- I'm familiar with Willie Parker and his work. In an interview with Time Magazine, still mm-hmm. talking about Dr. Willie Parker. So you see here, Verge, what we're doing here is sort of creating this waterfall. Mm-hmm. So we go from uh, the fact that Grace Cathedral wants to hold this Beyonce mask. It's right. sort of like a waterfall. We're sort of going down one level at a time to help uh, uh, develop a uh, an ideology of what's behind that. Mm-hmm. What's behind it? The, mm-hmm. the mass in and of itself is 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 just an event, right? But listen, we have to be discerning as Christians to not be so quick to say, "Well, you know, it's just a mass. It's, it's no big deal." You mm-hmm. know, we we you know, uh, uh, what's wrong with that? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an Episcopal church. They do masses. No, there is something wrong with that. There's mm-hmm. something wrong with that. So we have to waterfall down. We have to delve down, delve down into the influences that are sort of uh, undergirding and underscoring this this one event. Mm-hmm. But but again, back to Dr. Willie Parker. In an interview he did with Time Magazine back in April 2017, Parker, who again professes to be a Christian, he was asked this question. He says, "How did you reconcile your religious beliefs?" with your sense of professional obligation. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile your religious beliefs with your sense of professional obligation? Parker responded with this. I quote him, quoting him now, quoting Dr. Parker. My epiphany came while listening to a sermon by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. In that sermon, he described what made the good Samaritan good. Someone had been robbed, left on the side of the road, injured, and multiple people passed that person by. They all were afraid of what might happen to them if they stopped to help. Mm -hmm. A person not from the community described as the Samaritan stopped and provided aid. Dr. King said that what made that person good was his ability to reverse the question of concern, to ask, what will happen to this person if I don't stop to help? On that particular day, 
while listening to the sermon and contemplating my role as a women's health provider, it became very personal for me. I became the person on the road having to respond to the need of another person. Mm. In this case, women asking me to help them safely in their pregnancies. Murder their baby. Murder their baby is a better word. Yeah. Now, at this point of the podcast, I could take this in another direction and focus on the socialistic theology of Dr. Martin Luther King. (laughs) Right. But I'm not going to go there. Right. I'm not going to go there. Right. But do you see how easily Mm -hmm. someone can take a sermon? Someone who's not discerning can take a sermon given by someone who's revered within Christendom today. Yes. Within Protestant Christianity today, Dr. Martin Luther King can, can be influenced by a sermon that they heard whose hermeneutics translated to the hearer Yep, I'm called to be an abortion provider. I'm right. called to murder babies. Right. I'm called to murder babies. Right. He listened to a sermon by Dr. Martin Luther King on the Good Samaritan out of Luke chapter 10. And out of that, Dr. Willie Parker, who was a guest speaker at an event held by Grace Cathedral, the same quote unquote church that's hosting this Beyonce mass, Mm -hmm. Dr. Parker develops a missiological hermeneutic in which he sees himself as tantamount to the Good Samaritan. Mm -hmm. But you've you've basically developed a a philosophical teleology for why we are where we are today with this Beyonce event. I mean, (laughs) you've, you've, you've gone back through the whole course of this process and exposed why we're even here. Exactly. This is see, this is why this is important. It's not the mass. Mm-mm. It's not the Beyonce mass. That's not why we're talking about this. We're talking about this because Christians are called to be discerning. Mm. We're called to be discerning. So someone may throw out, well, Daryl, you know what it says in Matthew 7 1? It says, do not judge. Right. You know, and it's like I said. Let me, matter of fact, let me turn to Matthew chapter seven real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. And let me just remind folks that, you know, in Matthew seven, there's 29 verses in that chapter, not just one. There's 28 additional verses in that chapter. So someone may say to me, well, there, you know, we're not supposed to judge. You know, we're just supposed to love one another and leave the judging up to God. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but John seven twenty four says, do not judge by outward appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Right. So, and and this is a pet peeve of mine. People conflate judging and condemnation. Mm -hmm. We're not the same thing. Absolutely. We, we, we interpret judging as condemning. No Christians have the right to judge biblically. We have a right to be discerning, to make scripturally objective judgments. And that's what we're doing tonight. We don't have the power to condemn anyone. Only God can condemn. Mm -hmm. But we absolutely have the right to judge. And what we're doing here tonight is building a a, a sort of deconstructing, rather, this whole idea of Bayology, this Mm -hmm. theology of Beyonce, where in the, uh, and, and this Beyonce mass just happens to be the vehicle by which we can do that. 
But Christians need to be discerning enough to be able to say, uh, no, you, you, you may be uh, 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 Episcopal by denomination. Right. But you're not biblical. And you're definitely not Christian. You're definitely not Christian. Mm-mm. Not according to God's objective word here. No. no. You know, so somebody may ask, well, so what does any of this have to do with the Beyonce mass? You know, what is, uh, what is, what is all that you're talking about have to do with the Beyonce mass? Well, it's like I just said, the Beyonce mass is just the conduit that we're leveraging tonight. It's the vehicle that we're leveraging to talk about a much broader issue mm-hmm. with respect to not every church is a church. Absolutely. Not every church is the church, right? Not every church is the church. Okay. So, the mass isn't just about the veneration, the exalting, the uplifting of Beyonce with respect to her being sort of an icon of black female spirituality. Right. The, the do the do whether well, you've got Catholics who have what Dulia, they've got hyperdulia, then they've right. got Latria where where right. that's the highest form of worship. And so right. they're equating equating Beyonce to to the Virgin Mary with hyperdulia. Right. That, that's that's a Catholic kind of thing, and I would imagine the the uh, Episcopalian denomination has still has still held on to some of those ideas around this. Yeah, and you have to ask yourself, you know, going back to the uh, the quote I read at the top of the uh, broadcast uh, by David Wells, you know, have have is this Beyonce Mass really uh, a testament to the fact that we've become bored with God? Mm. You know, we've become bored with God, mm-hmm. even though his attributes are innumerable. They're in- infinite. His nature is fi- infinite. We can never come up. Those attributes that I read earlier. Listen, that doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of the nature and character of God. So someone asks, well, what's the big deal about this Beyonce mass? Well, it's not necessarily about the mass. It's, it's, and, and the veneration of, of, of Beyonce as a symbol of mm-hmm. black female spiritualism. What it is, is, is at, in, in a bigger picture, it is representative of an entire syncretistic and universalist worldview. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I haven't mentioned that in my do and doing my research on Grace Cathedral, Grace Cathedral also advocates they have on their property. And if you can go out to the Grace Cathedral website, you will see this yourself. Their website, by the way, is gracecathedral.org. Gracecathedral.org. Grace Cathedral also uses labyrinths. Mm. If you know what a labyrinth is, Mm -hmm. okay, they have two labyrinths uh, within their, their, uh, their cathedral. Now, when you go out to the website, you're going to see uh, a picture of this labyrinth and a female at the center of this labyrinth who appears to be doing some yoga. So, <laughs> yeah. So Grace Cathedral, they may put themselves off as an Episcopal Christian church. Mm-hmm. But they are the most probably the most syncretistic church that I've come across. They've got as part of their whole uh, missiology. I mean, they blend it all in Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism. It's very much 
a universalist theology that they subscribe to. So it's not just a sociocultural symbolism of Beyonce. It's a larger concern that we have of a church trying to, under the guise of social justice right, and unity and inclusion and diversity, applying universalism and syncretism mm-hmm. under the banner of, of Christianity. And we don't hear much talked about, we don't hear Christianity talked about much in this way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where where people got the idea, and when I say people, I mean the church, right. where the church got the idea that oneness and unity is the purpose and mission of the church, I don't know where that came from. Mm-mm. Because you look at a text like what Jesus is, Jesus said himself in Matthew 10, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, said, said this. He said, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. So where the church gets this idea, what I call this sort of uh, Rodney King theology, where we can all just get along and, you know, lock our arms and sing Kumbaya and we shall overcome and all that, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. That, that's not the goal. That, listen, Christ himself said, I came to divide people. Mm-hmm. I came with a sword to divide. That means, you, you, listen, the, the gospel is going to bring you to a decision point to where you either respond to my call to, to repent and believe, which, was the, which were the first words of the first sermon Jesus ever gave. The first words out of his mouth were repent and believe the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what Christ, that's the decision point that Christ brings us to. You either repent and believe the gospel or you don't. Right. This, and and th- for those who don't, you're not part of the church. That's it. You're not part of the church. You're not. So where this, 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 this sort of brotherhood of man sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> we, we all need to come together and, 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 you know, you know, to just unify and, uh, you know, we, uh, bring our differences together, you know, cause we all, you know, we all uh, serve the same God. We just call him by different. No, 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 we don't. Mm-mm. And as Christians, we have got to be more discerning. So what we're talking about here, uh, the, the actual event, the Beyonce mass itself, that's that's the least of our concerns. There right. are, and, and Vernon, you've witnessed this, mm-hmm. e- even in more uh, more uh, traditional, fundamental Protestant uh, denominations. All you have to do, man, is attach the word ministry to it, and you can pretty much get away with anything. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I saw a church. Listen, I came across an article not long ago. There's a church in Houston. I'll never forget it had a pole dance ministry. Oh my word. Yeah. It would teach no. women. Yes. In the church, in the basement of the church, they had installed a pole. No. To to teach women how to pole dance under the guise that it would help their marriages become more Oh healthy. my word. No, that's dangerous. That's all you have to do is attach the word ministry to something or the word Christian to something and people bless it. 
They just mm-hmm. go ahead and accept it. They just mm-hmm. go ahead and accept it. They never hold it up against the objective truth, the objective filter of God's word and says, wait a minute. Now, what does, what does the Bible say about that? And, 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 the, and the church gets away with all sort of extra biblical and even unbiblical oh, yeah. a- activities. Again, under the guys, the people don't understand uh, Matthew 7, 1. Well, right. don't just, they don't understand what that means. Right. Right. Talk about hypocritical judgment in that space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It doesn't say, it doesn't mean to not be discerning. No. Mm-mm. You know, so they're probably a, go ahead. man. I was just gonna say that, that that's crazy. I mean, cause it, it, all you have to do is turn, turn the page to John seven twenty four that tells you that- not judge according to appearance, but to judge with righteous judgment that we should judge based upon the standards of God. And so it, it's, it's interesting when you see that kind of thing. I, I was shocked by uh, going back to the article, kind of what was, what was said toward the end of it. And I know we're getting, we're getting short on time, but uh, where the, there was a reverend who's going to be delivering the message, Reverend Yolanda Norton. And uh, she's a professor of the old Testament uh, at San Francisco theological seminary. She teaches a class called Beyonce and the Bible. Mm-hmm in which she uses the life persona and music of Beyonce as a medium to explore black female sexuality and motherhood, as well as stigmas around black women. And I'm, I'm looking at that going, what in the world does that have to do with the Bible, with scripture or the gospel? Right. And now I'll tell you what, when I came across that section of the article and I saw that she was uh, educated at San Francisco Theological Seminary. I right. thought that was an oxymoron. Right. <laughs> I'm like, hold up. Is there, there's a seminary in San Francisco? Right, <laughs> right, right. But, you know, when I was at, when I was at Princeton a couple of years ago, uh, I was a fellow of their Black Theology and Leadership Institute, and we, mm-hmm. we studied the same ideology. Mm-hmm. We studied James Cone. We studied womanist theology, and mm-hmm. just so folks will know, womanist is the title that black feminists go by. Black mm-hmm. black feminists don't like to be called feminists. Yeah. They choose to be called womanists. Mm-hmm. So feminist is for white women. Mm-hmm. Womanist is for black feminists. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we talked about all this when I when I was at uh, at Princeton. So. Wow. All these articles, I want our listeners to know because I know we're running short on time. All these articles will be linked in the uh, episode notes for this podcast. Thanks for another great one, Daryl. You're welcome, bro. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Just Thinking. And remember, let's think.